0: Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watch it for the win! Yes! Yes! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball.
1: And hello, welcome in Tuesday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us. Lots of news to get to today and of course IU soccer falling in the national championship game heartbreaking fashion absolutely last night to Syracuse, but we'll talk a little soccer today which is something we typically don't do here on the program. Purdue has a new football coach. We'll cover that as well. And really some crazy and sad stories just in the world of sports. Mike Leach, the football coach at Mississippi State, uh, one of the great college football coaches out there, uh, passed away on Monday night. We knew he had a heart issue, a health issue pop up over the weekend, so that is really just terrible to hear. Uh, And uh, really crazy news coming out of Texas, and that's that Coach Beard, who Many wanted to maybe get a chance at the Indiana job when Archie Miller was fired, arrested for a domestic situation that sounds very, very serious, and he has been suspended indefinitely by Texas without pay. I don't know what his future looks like. It would be hard, I would think, to imagine him returning to the coaching ranks, but Just some crazy news to begin the week. We did not have a Monday program. I was out yesterday, so great to be with you. A lot of high school basketball over the weekend. To recap as well, our first big rivalry game of the season, New Albany and Floyd Central, and the Bulldogs snuck one out in that Friday night rivalry game at the Doghouse. So we'll recap some things coming out of the weekend today as well. Let's take a look at the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany, segment one, here in just a few moments, we'll take a look at uh, some headlines uh, from around the state, around the area today in sports, and cover the soccer game last night, and tell you about the new Purdue football coach as well. The A new guy coming in to replace Jeff Brom, uh, now at Louisville, a a former uh, Purdue coach that was obviously uh, successful in the Big Ten Conference, that's for sure, with the Purdue program. And now we'll see if a new coach can build on where Coach Brom left the program. Also later in the show, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier is with us. We'll have an extended chat today with Mike, going to talk about the soccer game last night. I'm going to talk about some basketball, the game coming up for the Hoosiers with Kansas on Saturday afternoon, another big test for this team. A little bit of a break, though, which I think is good for the Hoosiers between the Vegas game against Arizona and the trip to Kansas coming up on Saturday, so we'll cover that. And uh, a little football as well with Mike when he joins us later in the show today. That's the lineup of service of Honeybake Tam in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go and curbside service is still available as well at Honeybake Tam in New Albany. Also the Thornton's text line is open. That's your way to communicate with the show. You can send in questions and comments and thoughts on the Hoosiers, thoughts on local sports whatever you got. The number is 502-414-1450 again 502-414-1450 and right now Now you can get a free sausage, egg and cheese biscuit, a bacon, egg and cheese croissant or a steak and egg burrito in any fountain drink, tea or fizz freeze or 20 ounce bottled soda. When you become a new refreshing rewards member, simply download the app and register today for refreshing rewards to earn your free breakfast on Thornton's. And again, that number 502-502. Four one four fourteen fifty 1450 Again, 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line. Let's jump into some of our headlines today. Uh, if you're like me, You've not watched a college soccer game all season long, but when the Hoosiers are in the national championship game, you keep an eye on it at least. I watched maybe just a couple minutes of the semifinal game. I think that was on Friday night and was able to catch the very end of regulation. Indiana came back down 2-0 in the second half to tie it at 2-2 to force uh, overtime once, overtime twice, and then things go to penalty kicks, and I think I saw it was the longest penalty shootout in the history of the College Cup. So some records set last night, but it really came down to basically the final extra kick or penalty kick in the game, and heartbreaking fashions for heartbreaking fashion for Indiana to lose that game to number three-seeded Syracuse, seven-six in that shootout last night. First College Cup championship in the history of the Syracuse soccer program, and we know how good the IU program has been. It's been a while uh, since they won a College Cup championship, but last night uh, was their 17th, which is a record 17th championship match and second in three seasons. So really the second time in three years that Indiana soccer has had some heartbreak. But Indiana has won eight champions overall with their last championship championship. Coming back in 2012. So it's been a little while when you're winning championships at the clip that Indiana has. But a great game last night. Really a great game for soccer. Probably the sport of soccer, college soccer, for the game to finish as it did. But heartbreaking loss for the Hoosiers in the fashion that it happened. Also, I think heartbreaking to be there two times in three years and and lose both of them. But definitely a classic, classic game last night for Indiana soccer, even though they didn't come out on top. Also, Purdue football mentioned at the top of the show, new coach. His name is Ryan Walters. He comes from another Big Ten school. He was the defensive coordinator, has been for the last two seasons for Illinois. And really, he's thought of as one of the nation's best defensive play callers, but also one of the nation's up-and-coming young football coaches as well. He's just 36 years old. He becomes the fourth youngest coach in FBS football history behind, I didn't realize this, 32-year-old Kenny Dillingham at Arizona State. Of course, we know Kane Womack at South Alabama. He's 35. Then Dan Lanning at Oregon is 36. So Walters will join Lanning as another 36-year-old coaching uh, in Oregon. But uh, de- definitely a uh, big hire for Purdue. Um, I-, I think a big name in the coaching ranks of football. I don't keep up with football like I do basketball to know who some of the hot, hot names are. But he's sure uh, in reports coming out about him getting the job Seems to be widely recognized as an up-and-comer in the sport of college football. So, new boss for Purdue. We'll see how this affects recruiting. We'll see if he's able to continue the success that Coach Brom had. Obviously, he exits Brom Does Purdue on a very high note, taking Purdue not only to the Big Ten West Division Championship, but obviously to the Big Ten Championship game as well. So, a new football coach at Purdue made official here in the last uh, little bit. Also, Indiana basketball, the updated rankings came out from the Associated Press Poll. Always fun to kind of keep an eye on that each week. The Hoosiers, number 14 in the AP poll at 8-2 and two on the season after a loss in Vegas to Arizona. And I know we really didn't get a chance to talk about the Zona loss because we did not have a Monday show. We'll cover some things with IU basketball coming up here in a bit. But number one in the AP poll, Purdue. A little surprising, I think, to some but Purdue takes over the top spot in the Associated Press poll. Speaking of college soccer and some other college sports, the NCAA volleyball final four begins on Thursday night out in Omaha, Nebraska. Louisville is in the final four for a second straight year. Louisville's the top-seeded team in the tournament. And I do want to mention, I know we've mentioned her name a few times this season, but CC Rush, a class of 2020 Providence High School graduate, on the Cardinals team and plays a big role for the team. I wasn't at the the uh, regional final game at the Yum Center on Saturday when Louisville battled and battled with Oregon to get to the Final Four, but by all accounts or what I saw and what I heard, a great, great environment for that game on Saturday night. And college volleyball has really caught on. Obviously, high school volleyball here in our area is so very good, and so it's great to see some of the local products from here go on to have success. But CC Rush in Louisville, good luck to her. Uh, Allie Stumbler in Kentucky a few years ago. Allie helped lead the Wildcats to a national championship. And now we'll see if Rush and the Cardinals can get it done as they are back to the Final Four for a second consecutive year. I mentioned this also earlier, but really, really crazy news coming out of Texas with Coach Chris Beard, uh, 49 years old, booked at 418 A.M. Central Time uh, on Sunday night, I guess Monday morning, by the Travis County Sheriff's Office. A third-degree assault charge, according to police records. And police responded to what's called a disturbance Hot Shot 911 call, which is defined as incidents which are in progress and are an immediate threat to life and or public safety, i.e. shootings, stabbings, rapes, riots These calls are dispatched immediately, so that kind of underscores how serious the call was that came in uh, regarding Chris Beard and whatever situation he is in. But he has been suspended indefinitely without pay. I don't know how he returns to Texas, but what a twist and turn for him. In year number two at Texas, he's got a top five ball club. Uh, he's had success basically everywhere he's been. I mentioned this as well, but when Archie Miller was fired, I, I think he was a dream uh, on the IU hotboard for fans. They would have loved to see him get a chance to come to Bloomington, and obviously we'll never know if he got a call, was interested or not, but uh, definitely a crazy turn in events for him. Uh, just a sad deal for sure to see uh, what all has transpired and the situation he finds himself in. And probably the craziest of all is, you know, we're right here in the middle of the season in the middle of December, and his team is playing good basketball, and obviously he exits that fold. So all the way around, not good for Texas, not good for Chris Beard. Uh, not good on so many different accounts. But we will be interesting to see how Texas move forward, uh, what the process is here. Do they uh, make this a short deal? Is he out of there soon, officially? Or will there be some kind of long-term investigation to see how things play out? But definitely not what you expected to be talking about when it comes to college basketball in Texas and Chris Beard this week after the start that the Longhorns have had and kind of what he's projected on the path, I think, to do at Texas. Just a crazy crazy situation. So let's look at some of the headlines from uh, this Tuesday program. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosiers with us in a few moments. Also, before we go to break, I want to mention the New Albany-Floyd Central game on Friday. Uh, Great game. I'm not sure ultimately how good either teams will prove to be as the season goes on as far as what their final records will look like Uh, New Albany has some really tough games coming up. Uh, They do get a couple players back. Justin Carter has been out due to suspension. Chase Lush has been out with an injury. Floyd Central, who I think has got potential and size and the defensive intensity that they normally bring, I think they've got potential to get a lot better. But on Saturday night, they went down to Castle. And absolutely got waxed and that was surprising to see to be quite honest so I don't know that you know we can say either of these teams is going to be a front runner or have a legitimate chance to win a sectional at this point there's a lot of basketball to be played between now and March but What I do want to say is it was a great rivalry game. It wasn't always pretty. It was ugly at times. A lot of turnovers both ways, specifically on the Floyd Central side of things, which really helped New Albany. But a good competitive game, it's what you'd like to see a rivalry game be. And probably most impressively to me was the crowd. I was wondering and said this a few times on the show last week, What would the crowd be like? Would we still get good numbers for some of these big high school games locally? And at least with our first rivalry game from a 4A level, uh, the result is good. I thought Floyd Central on the road... Had a tremendous crowd, the home crowd at New Albany, the new scoreboard, the new video boards, a lot of hype around that. A good crowd there for from the New Albany side for that game. And even other games Friday, you know, I had a couple of text messages about Christian Academy and Rock Creek. That's another rivalry game in the area with two small schools that have both been really good and their respective classifications. Great crowds there as well. So there are some games that are lackluster. There are some games in schools where you wish they had a better following, but for some of these big games, there have been some good crowds so far, and I think that's really good to see that continue here in southern Indiana. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. We'll talk all about the IU heartbreaking loss in the College Cup final last night. We'll preview the IU-Kansas game. we got to talk a little bit about IU and Arizona coming out of the weekend as well, and so much more. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Tuesday program. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier going to join us here in just a moment. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open. That number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Mike, there's a ton of things to get to today, and I actually want to start with the College Cup last night. I think I watched two or three minutes of the IU semifinal game on Friday. Uh, Two-nothing win over Pittsburgh and I caught the very end of regulation, so I was treated to the overtime and the penalty kicks and obviously just a heartbreaking way for the IU soccer team to lose in that big national championship game.
2: Yeah, no doubt, just heartbreaking. Anytime you go to a penalty kick for a a national championship, I mean, heartbreaking is the only way to describe it because you got there by playing 110 minutes of, basically a a a a tie you know they 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 basically were that was one of the most evenly matched games i've seen um and and to see it come down to penalty kicks was disappointing i think head coach Todd Yeagley said last night you know even when they win those kind of games in penalty kicks you, you really feel for the, the other team because it's just it's like you flip a switch and go from this a uh, beautifully competed match for for 110 minutes and then just do something that bears no resemblance to the game you just played and it decides who wins so it was unfortunate but also a very very good competitive match and you know i you know while it's frustrating for for the program and for Indiana fans i don't think it does anything to diminish the, the stature of the IU men's soccer program which has just been nothing short of elite for the last 50 years
1: Yeah, really amazing when you look back. I know Indiana's not won a national championship now since 2012, but the amount of wins, the amount of great tournament runs, national championship game appearances, they hold the NCAA record with that. It's amazing what Coach Yegley and the program have been able to continue to do.
2: Yeah, consistency is is the real story. And Coach Akeley said that earlier in the week. You know that that's the hardest thing through all this is to to maintain consistency. The college games changed quite a bit here in the last decade with a heavy influx of international players that that have um, you know influenced who the, who the better teams are. You know Indiana's seen that. You know when they lost to Marshall a couple of years ago in the final, that was a almost predominantly international team, and and there's a lot of that. Um, so, so there's a lot of variables changing in the game. You know, Indiana's also you know seen a lot more turnover here of late in terms of guys going pro early, as the professional soccer game has expanded um, mainly domestically. So, there's a lot of things changing, but the constant is Indiana is right there every every year. You know, that was their third national championship appearance in the last six years. So. Even though they haven't won it, you know, I I think just about anybody in the country would be happy with getting on that stage that consistently.
1: And I got to believe for the NCAA and for college soccer, I know the World Cup is ongoing. And even though the USA did not have a great showing, but I got to believe last night's great for college soccer, great for the sport to have. A game end like that I know it's heartbreak for one team and as you mentioned maybe even not a great feeling for for the even the Syracuse coach was concerned for the IU players which uh, I think that's just naturally where your heart goes but it had to be good for the sport last night to see a game end in that kind of nail-biting excitement
2: yeah I thought it was a really good stage for the sport you know I know a lot of Indiana fans in general don't Follow the, the, the soccer program the, the way that they do. You know, men's basketball especially, but you know, even some other sports. But you know, to it, it, for the fans that were drawn in for that game last night, that they had to walk away. You know, just enjoying that that competition. It was fantastic. You know, I thought I thought Syracuse was clearly the better team in the first half. But Indiana really responded, and I thought outplayed Syracuse in the second half. Um, and you know so the overtimes were probably a draw as they turned out to be and it was just highly competitive two excellent teams um, you know something else you know you you bridged it with the world cup there and that's something else that Yagley said last night is you know talking about that international aspect you know he he said you know bringing these international kids in to the to the US college game is good for the US on the world stage you know being exposed to that higher level of international talent, you know, for, for kids like his on Indiana and other American kids, you know, facing that, that international competition at a young age is probably good for, for the U S on the world stage going forward, just to consistently see a higher level of competition. So, yeah, I agree. Just an overall good night for the college game, but, you know, obviously not the outcome Indiana fans wanted.
1: Talking with uh, Mike Schumann of the daily Hoosier, Mike, kind of going through some of the big headlines of the day with you before we uh, drill down into some IU basketball stuff a little bit later in our conversation. But new football coach for Purdue, Ryan Walters. He's familiar with the Boilermakers and the Hoosiers because he's been uh, for two seasons now a defensive coordinator for Illinois. So a young coach, a really young coach, getting a big opportunity in the Big Ten Conference. Your reaction to Ryan Walters getting the Purdue position?
2: Yeah, I mean, certainly not anything I was like tracking in terms of trying to figure out who it was going to be or, or anything like that. So maybe my surprise in the name is is a little misguided. Maybe maybe people who who were on the beat for produce saw this one coming, but but I certainly did not. he um, doesn't fit what they've done historically with head coaches, which as I try to think through their history, has almost always been an offensively-minded, offensively-oriented coach. So that aspect of it was the first thing that jumped out to me. Um, and and any time you go a, for, with a young guy who's been only a coordinator and never a head coach, you, you take that risk of, you know, how is that going to translate to being the head coach? Because those are just two... Uh, very different things to to try to do, but but at the same time, you know, there's there's a lot of reasons to look at this and and think it, it it's a very good choice. I mean, obviously, Illinois' defense was excellent this year. That's one thing that stood out to me when Indiana played them, and it kind of carried through the entire season. Um, You know, getting a young guy with with energy who can relate to the players seems to make a lot of sense, too. So, uh, you know, as in just about any case, no matter who they would have hired, I think this is a wait and see how it turns out. But, you know, on paper, I I can see the the pros of it for sure.
1: Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier. One other kind of general college basketball thing, Chris Beard at Texas with some real, real legal problems, and he's been suspended indefinitely without pay. I just can't see a way that he continues coaching, giving some of the news reports that are surfacing there about his arrest. Uh, I guess it was Sunday night going into Monday morning, just a a terrible turn of events for him, for the Texas program, and just the whole situation in general.
2: Yeah. I mean, you always obviously want to let things play out, but, um, you know, just on its surface, it's just a really ugly situation. Um, You first and foremost feel for the the victims involved um but but yeah just just a, just a bad situation all around um that you know bad for the game bad, bad bad for everything um certainly not something you expected to hear on a monday morning you know chris beard seemed like a, just a kind of a good-natured folksy kind of guy obviously intense which just about any basketball coach is, but um certainly don't see anything like that coming so you just Hope for the, again, for the victims involved that, that, you know, they they can get through it and whatever happens with Texas happens, I guess.
1: All right. While we're talking about other topics here, uh, new Associated Press poll out Indiana number 14 after the loss to Arizona. Purdue up to number one. Is Purdue a number one team in the country? I mean, I know. We were impressed with them and some of the things they got done around Thanksgiving, And uh, but, but are, do you feel like they're a legit candidate for a number one team in college basketball? I, I do.
2: I mean, I, I feel like, you know, they, they, they've they got the wins on their resume, right? That they, they beat Duke, they beat Gonzaga, uh, beat West Virginia, um, so beat Marquette. I mean, I, I don't think there's anybody that can claim a, a resume quite like they have to this point on top of obviously being undefeated. And and I just think that they are a complete basketball team. We we may have spoken about this last week or the week before. I I just think all the concerns that at least I personally had about them coming into the season have have been answered already. You know, could Zach Eadie handle – a bigger workload, I think the clear answer to that is not only can he handle it, he can handle it very well. Um, their their backcourt, to me, was my biggest question mark, um, with you know especially trying to hand over the keys to a true freshman, but I think Braden Smith has been fantastic. Um, his freshman backcourt mate, Fletcher Lawyer, has been fantastic. Um, they've really got that inside-out game clicking. I think Matt Painter, what he does, probably better than anything else, is recruit to his system. I don't think he's especially focused or concerned about star levels or, or rankings on the recruiting front or anything like that. He finds guys that fit what he wants to do. And and he, I just think they've got all the pieces right now to be a major factor. But Edie is the one that, that really makes them different um, just because he's so, so difficult to contain. He's so good at getting position on, on the low block and, you know, Basically, if he gets it in the paint, the possession's over. You know, eight times out of ten. So, um, I, I've got no issue with it being number one. They'll probably hold on to it for for a good long time now because I don't think they play any high majors again until until the Big Ten resumes in January. So, Indiana fans will just have to get used to that one
1: talking with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. Uh, let's get into IU basketball now, Mike. Obviously, uh, coming out of the weekend, a loss for the Hoosiers in Las Vegas. A tough one to Arizona who came out, I thought, really smacked Indiana early. Uh, I was surprised to see how Arizona created space and made a, a a real jump at Indiana right out of the gate based on how they'd been playing going into that game.
2: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I think there were a couple aspects to that. One, you know, that that... That big run that they went on, I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but something in the neighborhood of, like, 18-2 to two, when they jumped out to the 27-8 lead. That corresponded almost completely with Xavier Johnson getting his second foul and coming out of the game. And, you know, with Jalen hood also being out, you know, I, I think that was a big ask for, for Trey Galloway to step into that role against a top-ten team that that loves to play fast and, and and run the show. I think he did fine, but... You know, and, and Indiana very well may have lost anyway if Johnson didn't get the two fouls and played. But that that stretch, you know, just it was just like four minutes was really the difference in the game. Other than that, I thought Indiana competed. I thought they played uh, right there, neck and neck with Arizona throughout beyond that stretch. But that was really the, the difference in the game to me. But the other thing that they did during that stretch um, and Throughout the rest of the game, really was their their two big men, you know, who went seven foot and six eleven. Just not only was their size a factor on both ends, but just their ability to run the floor and establish post position and transition. And you are watching from the vantage point I had out there in Vegas. You just watch them run, and they run with purpose to a spot on the floor to catch a post pass. You know, five seconds into the possession, and I just don't think Indiana had a response for their ability to run and their size and their in their ability to to you know get to the spot that they wanted to get to on the floor and, and both of those big men had, had the ability to have a soft touch around the rim and finish when they got it on the low block like that you know I, I don't i don't know that there's anybody Indiana's going to face the rest of the season that can present those kind of big men that can do what those two could do. So I don't know that it's terribly concerning at this point, but it was a major factor on Saturday.
1: Yeah, for sure. The Arizona front court was, I thought, tremendous in that game. You know, one thing that really stands out, Mike, is Jalen Hood-Shifino. Indiana's dropped two of the three games they have played without him. We know he's had some sort of back injury, back soreness, and has been out of the lineup Those announcements have been made right at game time, uh, basically for the last three games. Any update on him? Are you hearing anything? Has there been anything Mike Woodson has said last night on his coach's show to give you any kind of feeling on perhaps when he could be back or even how serious this injury is?
2: Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll tell you what I saw with my own eyes out in Vegas was he he was moving around fine. Like, he he doesn't – he's not moving like – He's like a guy really struggling with something that's, you know, debilitating him in any way. So um, it I doesn't, on its face, appear to be anything significant. You know, I was walking behind him to the arena from, from the hotel on Saturday night, and he's moving around just fine. He was out on the court shooting when the team was shooting during warm-ups. Um, Woodson said last night on his radio show that his activity on the floor is increasing here, even since the Arizona game, which kind of, you know, made sense based on what I saw out there. Um, so uh, my my sense is that he's just, you know, he's he doesn't have anything long-term. He just kind of has a strain or a pull in his back that, that's, You know, if if you've ever had that, you know it it takes time to work itself out, and you can't really rush it in any way because a lower back injury is, in fact, debilitating. So um, I don't know if he'll play on uh, Saturday out at Kansas, but but I do think he's got a much better shot than he had to play. uh, against Arizona, and I, I think that the, he will definitely, you know, if he, he continues to progress over the course of this week, I, I think he'll definitely give it a go, try to test it before the game, and I think there's a much better chance he'll play on
1: Saturday. Talking with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. You can read his work at thedailyhoosier.com and follow him on Twitter at daily underscore Hoosier. I'm glad you brought up following uh, or being behind Hood Chafino in the hallway going from the arena to the hotel. I know a number of people that were there in Vegas enjoyed a few days away and obviously would have liked to have seen Indiana get the victory, but sure enjoyed their time there. Kind of a a neat opportunity for fans because, I mean, it's walking back and forth from the arena uh, before the game, after the game practices. Um, Fans got a chance probably more than what they normally would on a road game to interact with the players and even the coaches and get some photos and walk the same hallways with them to the game. And after the game, if they wanted to hang around kind of a different setup because of where the game was played at the hotel, where basically everybody was at.
2: Yeah. It it very much reminded me of the Bahamas trip last August, where it was the same deal. You know, everybody's at the hotel, the game's at the hotel. Um, So, you know, the, the players even if they wanted to couldn't really hide. Um, it, it was just bizarre to me like I, I didn't get in there until Saturday uh, afternoon about five hours before the game, I walk into the hotel, start heading towards the arena and like, oh, there's Jalen Hoddgefino and Malik Renew well, right in front of me walking to the same place and you know over the course of the next hour I saw you know several coaches, several players. so yeah, it's just a great experience for the fans because you, you're right you just don't get that um, in, in any other setting. And based on what I saw, both the coaches and players are very accommodating to the fans, taking pictures, signing autographs, all that kind of stuff. So a neat setup, and I thought I was stunned by the amount of Indiana fans that were there relative to especially Arizona, given the proximity of Arizona. And based on everything I had heard about their fan base was a a traveling fan base. I, I expected it to be... You know, maybe 60, 40 Arizona fans, but it was at least the inverse of that Indiana fans, you know, at times, especially at the beginning when there was a little bit more enthusiasm from the IU fans. I would have pinned it more at 70, 30, even 80, 20 IU fans. They they definitely had a much more significant presence uh, at, at that game, which was impressive just based on proximity again.
1: Mike, let's talk a little bit about Kansas. It's the next big challenge for this team coming up at noon on Saturday in Lawrence, Kansas. Uh, it's a good Kansas team, and I think it's a tough game for Indiana, especially if Jalen hood Shafino is going to be out of that uh, lineup for that contest.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. Some defensive matchups that, that I think you'd really like to have. Hood Chapino therefore Jalen Wilson, uh, really tough matchup at six, eight, but who can really attack off the bounce. You know, I, I think that would be one where you'd like to try several guys to guard him, including hood, maybe Trey Galloway. Um, he's going to be a really tough matchup for Indiana with the, his versatile game. You know, he can beat you, you know, b- both behind the arc and off the bounce. um, he, you know, Grady Dix, another one, a eight kid, not, not quite as effective off the bounce, but just a killer from behind the three-point arc. He's shooting 47% on, on 58 attempts this year. Um, you know, at, at his size, it's going to be hard to guard him with a guard, um, but can a guy like, you know, Reese Thompson <laughs> handle him? I, I don't know. So it'll be interesting to see how Indiana – Plays matchup-wise with those two guys in particular, I think you know pose major threats. I, the good thing probably about Kansas, from an Indiana standpoint at least, is they don't have the size that that Arizona has. You know, I think Indiana can match up well with them from a size standpoint, um, but but I think it's going to be incumbent to to really find matchups, especially for for Wilson and Dick. I, I think those two. Um, just on paper, I, I don't see clear answers for Indiana defensively, so that, that that's something that I'll be watching very keenly
1: as, as Saturday approaches. Talking to Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier. Obviously, another big game, Mike. We're in the middle of this stretch that all preseason, all early season long, we've said when Indiana gets in this five-game stretch, through this five-game stretch, we're going to know a lot more about them as far as what's ahead with the January Big Ten schedule. But with one big game left as far as from that five-game stretch. What's the biggest concern you have with this team when you think about their ability to win a Big Ten championship or make it to the Final Four or accomplish one of these big goals this season? Now that we've seen this team against very legitimate competition, what's the top thing that's an issue you think? Probably just consistency. I mean,
2: I'll tell you what, even though they've lost two or three here, I don't I don't have this overarching concern about this team that I've had in, in, in recent years. And and the main reason why, and I'm I'm actually doing a piece on this right now that'll probably finish up in the next couple of hours. But the main reason why is, you know, if you think back to what we were all talking about it, it, during the preseason, it was, yeah, but can they shoot the ball? Right. And, and if there's one thing that's emerged here in the last couple of games, it's that they probably can shoot the basketball. They've made, 21 of 50 from three, which is 42% over the last two games. Obviously, very small sample size, but that's corresponded with defenses really emphasizing, you know, taking away Trace Jackson Davis, where you almost have to make threes at that point, and and they've done it. And and the numbers that guys like Miller Kopp especially are posting really jump out. He's at 49% on a very high volume this year. He shot 36% last year. Smart Bates is at 41% compared to 29% last year. Trey Galloway's is at 46% compared to 21% last year. So, that, you know, if they can, you know, some of those numbers won't hold up, but if they can get a group of guys like that along with Xavier Johnson, who's at 38%, if they can get a core group of guys that are north of even 35%, 36%, I think it changes the way we look at this team because I, I, I think if they can make defenses pay for emphasizing the block so much, emphasizing taking away Jackson Davis so much. I think it really changes the entire outlook for the season because I think they've been so one dimensional in the past. I mean, right now they're at on the season. They're at 36% from three, which ranks 82nd in the country that um, they haven't been in the top 200 nationally and three point percentage going all the way back to the Tom Crean era. So, I, I probably didn't answer your question about concerns. I, I I just I don't have major concerns about this team, you know, right now. Yes, they're 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 going to lose games. I mean, I, I think I, fans probably got a little bit carried away after the North Carolina win, just thinking about what was possible. I, I think we all thought, you know, going in something like you know twenty-two and nine, twenty twenty. Twenty-three wins maybe could be more realistic. That to me, that's all still in play. You know, maybe you know six losses in the Big Ten. None of that's changed. The loss at Rutgers was ugly, yet clearly, but it, it wasn't like they were going to go undefeated on the road in the Big Ten. It wasn't like they were going to win all four of these big, high-major games in, in the, the non-conference. So I, I don't have a lot of major concerns about this team. To answer your question,
1: all right, Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier. My guest, Mike, I want to get in a question from the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Texter says, shouldn't the Arizona game help IU get ready for Purdue and their bigs?
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, I think they... Follow is a, a pretty good comparison to Zach Eady, although the crazy thing about it is he probably looked pretty small next to Eady, <laughs> as does everybody, but but I think just in terms of the way you have to play him, I think that's not a bad uh, thing to think about. I, I still would like to find the time, I'll probably never do it, to see what Nebraska did the other day to kind of at least limit Edie's scoring production. I think they've probably done as well as anybody, so I'm sure that's film that will be out there and you know look i mean we talk about purdue being number one but you know that point is relevant here you know film is developed over the years schemes are developed over the year nothing stays constant people will find ways to take away what purdue is doing well right now it happened last year they were number one in december and they kind of faded over the course of the season so um yeah everybody's going to figure things out and whoever does the best job of of doing that and improving over the course of the year in the March is when it's really going to matter. Of course.
1: Mike, I'm planning on talking about this some in the next segment, but I'll hit you with it before we get out for a commercial break. Romeo Langford now with consecutive starts for the Spurs. He had a career high, I think it was 18 points a few games ago as San Antonio won. I know it's been a really tough season for the Spurs. They are just simply not that good and not going to be in the mix, I don't think, for anything this NBA season. But maybe Romeo has turned the corner here, getting some legitimate opportunities to contribute.
2: Yeah, you sure sure hope so. I mean, first and foremost, you just want the guy to stay healthy. I mean, that's been his glaring issue. As everybody knows, going all the way back to his, one year in Indiana, um, I don't think there's much doubt that that if he can do that, he can be productive. Um, uh, I, I think you know, just seeing him have those kind of games, getting the opportunity more than anything. Maybe, maybe it's a good thing that he's not on a great team, just so so you know, coaches can you know kind of test ideas, playing for the future, see what he's capable of. Um, I, I think it's a good thing for him, a good opportunity. Let's just all hope that he's stays healthy and can really put something together this year.
1: All right, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. You can catch him here Tuesdays and read his work all the time at thedailyhoosier.com. Mike, as always, great chat. Thank you, and uh, we'll talk again next week.
2: Thank you, Matt. Appreciate it.
1: All right, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier, my guest. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back to catch up on a couple local things. Stay with us. You're listening to a Tuesday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Denison.
0: on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.
1: Let's win this one for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here.
0: Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison.
1: And we're back on this Tuesday program final segment, a quick one. We're going to hit a couple local things before we sign off here on this Tuesday show. Uh, Somebody sent this to me, but uh, this is a sad note that comes up every year on December 13th. But uh, this is, what, 40-plus years ago today, 43, 44 years ago, uh, 28 members, 29, I think it was, members of the Evansville men's basketball team were tragically killed uh, in a plane crash. plane crash of course one of those was tony winburn a great jeffersonville red devil uh, he helped the red devils to a 58 and 11 record during his time he had a lot of other accomplishments as well at jeffersonville but uh, thanks for passing that along listener and obviously uh, always a sad mark to think about that situation in general but uh, a local connection in tony winburn as well uh High school basketball this week, Uh, don't know that we have as many big games coming out of the weekend as what we had a week ago, but definitely some big games this weekend to pay attention to. Borden takes on Salem this weekend, Uh, Charlestown, they are in action against Christian Academy. Uh, Clarksville will take on uh, Southwestern of Hanover on the road, Floyd Central is back at it, they've got a test with a, a decent Bloomington South team on the road, but more importantly, Providence and Floyd Central coming up on Friday night. Also, Henryville this week, they will host Lanesville. Jeffersonville, a back to back weekend. They play at Silver Creek on Friday and they take on Evansville Christian on Saturday afternoon. That's down at a shootout at Evansville Balsy High School. New Albany, a tough weekend. They'll take on a very good Orleans team. Orleans, of course, a small 1A school, but they are 4 0 on the season. And then New Albany, a big challenge on Saturday. They'll go on the road to Zionsville. Zionsville 3-3, but obviously plays great competition right there in Indianapolis. New Washington, they've got a doubleheader at Rising Sun on Friday and will host Crothersville on Saturday. I mentioned Providence with the game at Floyd Central. That's probably the big one, the headline game of the weekend as far as rivalries go. Rock Creek also in action. They'll host Irvington Prep Academy on Friday Silver Creek not only takes on Jeff Friday at home, but they'll also host Bedford North Lawrence on Saturday as well. And that's a look at high school basketball across the area this coming weekend. So Providence and Floyd Central, Silver Creek at Jeffersonville. Those are definitely in the rivalry category and should be some interesting games. And I think good games. I think Providence is the favorite in that Floyd game, but uh, could be a good one. And then Silver Creek and Jeff. I would think the Red Devils early on, but kind of unknown. We'll see how things play out in both of those big games this weekend. That's going to wrap things up for this Tuesday edition of the program. Don't forget, if you miss our live show, uh, you can't join us in the 11 o'clock a.m. hour each weekday here on The Big X. You can always find us as a podcast. Wherever you listen to podcasts, we're basically everywhere. All you have to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you will find us there so plenty of ways to listen glad to have you with us i was out yesterday because of work but back with you the rest of the week at 11am if you can join us live and it's not if not do not forget about our podcast you can listen on demand as well. We'll have some high school basketball coming up for you this weekend. We'll have an announcement on that a little bit later in the week, but definitely uh, want to do all we can to get the big games on for you uh, each and every week. Thank, thanks for being with us here on this Tuesday show. Have a great Tuesday. We'll be back with you Wednesday at 11 a.m. Dustin Dopierak will join us to talk more IU basketball. Josh Cook on local sports from the News & Tribune. Until then, have a great day. This is The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. BW, Jeffersonville.